Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's good to be with you guys today. Um, one announcement that wasn't on there because I didn't tell anybody about it, but um, so last month, you'll remember we did, uh, the, the young adults did an, a night uh, of worship called Overflow, Overflow Night of Worship. Uh, and that was uh, kind of a, a, a separate kind of event other than the, the weekly filling station thing still on Sunday night. But that's going to be this month on March 31st which is the last day of March, and it happens to fall on a Sunday night. So uh, young adults, mark your calendars. Tell anybody you know that's ages 17 to 30 to come on out and to worship with us. That's Overflow, Night of Worship, March 31st. Be there or be square. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's go ahead and jump into the message this morning. Uh, This has been one of the most challenging messages I've I've done in a long time. Uh, Any of you who've ever done public speaking know that uh, sometimes you have thoughts, you have things you want to say, but you don't know how they correlate together into something cohesive that anybody wants to listen to, <laughs> right? So, so uh, bear with me here, but I think, I think it's going to be good. Uh, do you all remember that commercial? Uh, it was airing a couple years ago. Um, I, I remember it, one of her, it must have been many years ago because I was a, a kid, maybe like around 10 or so. But it's a, it's a commercial, I believe it's for a, a lawyer of, of some sort, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but uh, there's people, and they're yelling out their window. It looks like New York City as I'm recollecting this. But all I remember from what they, what they were saying was this. They said, it's my money, and I want it now. <laughs> right? You guys remember that commercial? And everybody said amen, right? It's my money, and I want it now. Uh, I, I don't know why, but as I was preparing for this message, that commercial uh, was one of the things that kept popping into my head. It's my money, and I want it now. Uh, and I think, you know, we can laugh. It's, it was a bad commercial then. It's a bad commercial now. Uh, but I think it's, it, it's really indicative of our culture. It's, it's so indicative. It tells so much about the culture we live in, my friends. Because our culture is not only obsessed with money, but our culture is ingrained with selfishness. Selfishness. That's what I'm preaching about today, my friends. Selfishness. This message is not sexy. This message ain't going to get a bunch of amens. Hopefully it does. I hope it does. But this message, I hope, challenges you. I hope it challenges you because we have a selfishness problem, especially in America. We have a problem with, with selfishness. I mean, it's, it's ingrained into our very DNA down to the American dream. What's the American dream, right? Is you can get anything you desire as long as you work hard for it and you go out and get it, right? It's all focused on me, myself, and I. How can I take care of my desires, my wants, my needs, right? In this very moment, we are ingrained with selfishness, right? We're ingrained with selfishness. Uh, and I think as, a, as, a, as adults, as, as people who have grown up, right, we think, we think we've left the stages of selfishness, but we haven't. We haven't. Uh, I'm glad that Oliver is here this morning because I was going to use him as an example because I'm not going to ask him to come up here, but <laughs> Oliver, beautiful baby boy, was born into this world. Uh, uh, how, how long ago? How old is he now? 12 weeks. 12 weeks ago, right? So he is a baby, completely rely on his parents for, for his needs and everything, right? And, and so whenever he's hungry, he's hungry. He wants food. He wants food in that moment, right? And so he's, he's going to cry until he gets his food, right? Uh, you know, if he does his business, right, he's going to cry about that too, right? All, there is, as a baby, there are certain needs that they, they need something, and so they cry for it, and, and they, they want something. And so they're completely and utterly dependent on the parents. They, Oliver, is completely consumed with 
what he wants or desires, right? Because he's a baby and that's what it is. And, and there's no problem with that whatsoever. But we think that when we grow up, we grow out of that. But we really don't. We really don't. A lot of our lives are, are, are controlled with selfishness, are, are devoured by selfishness, right? right? We'll walk about doing our daily thing, going about our nine to five, going about our life. And everything we do revolves around what we want, what we desire. We expect everyone in our life to revolve around what we want, what we desire. We think we're not babies anymore, but we act like babies sometimes, right? We say, uh, you know, have, have you ever met somebody who's super hangry? Like, like they're, they're not hungry anymore. They're hangry. Like, like they're hungry and angry at the same time, right? That's, that, I mean, that's a form of selfishness I see a lot in our life. And so, so someone, that's just an example, but but we get so bent out of shape about not having our food when we want it right now, right here, right there. But we have a selfishness problem, my friends. Uh, we need to get rid of that. We need to, we need to get out of that. This morning, uh, I want to talk a little bit for the third week in a row about Jesus' experience in the wilderness. Uh, two weeks ago, was, that, was, that was like the, the text. You know, when you start Lent, that's the, the text on the church calendar is the story of Jesus in the wilderness. Every other church has moved on, but we haven't. We're still here for two more weeks. But uh, it's because it's, it's, it's an awesome text. The Bible says this. The Bible says that Jesus, I, I didn't put it up on the screen because you guys should know it by now. We should be experts in this. Jesus, the, 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 the scriptures say that Jesus was baptized. Then it says that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he did not eat for 40 days. He did not eat for 40 days. Now, we know this in Christian circles uh, to be fasting, fasting, the practice of fasting. Um, before I go any further into that, I, I want to pray because I feel like I should because it's a Christian thing to do, right? No, but I really need to, need to go to the Lord. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for who you are. And God, I pray, uh, Lord, that we could get, get truth out of your word this morning. God, that we could get truth out of what you have told us uh, in your word. And God, that we would deny ourselves to pick up your cross daily and follow after you. God, may we not cling to our life, but may we lose it. And when we lose it, you said we will save it. God, so we thank you. Uh, and Lord, make this truth evident to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as I said, Jesus goes into fasting. Jesus goes into the wilderness, and, and the Spirit leads him into fasting, 40 days without eating. I don't know about you, but I can't go 40 minutes without eating, right? right? This, is, this, is, this is one thing that, aside from money, aside from possessions, Americans, we love our food, right? So this is really foreign concept to us, the practice of fasting, the practice of purposely denying yourself, purposely removing food, or purposely removing something from your life in order to gain a greater sense of, of discipline, a greater sense of selflessness. This is what Jesus does, though. The Spirit leads him into fasting. Many churches will tell you that the Spirit of God will lead you into abundance. It'll lead you, lead you into an abundant life. The, the Spirit of God will lead you into a life you never dreamed of. The Spirit of God will lead you into, into great things, overflowing, overflowing possessions, right? Prosperity gospel preachers will preach it all over, but we see the Spirit lead Jesus into fasting. The Spirit didn't lead Jesus into abundance, the Spirit led Jesus into withdrawal. The Spirit led Jesus into a place where he was without for 40 days. The same it is with our lives, my friends. I'm here to tell you this morning that a church, a people that is truly led by the Spirit of God, truly led by the Spirit of God, 
will be led into a time of fasting, will be led into a time where we withdraw from the things of this world, where we withdraw from food sometimes, where we withdraw from our possessions, from our desires, from our wants, from our needs. The Spirit of God will lead you into a place where you say, I am going to withdraw from that. I'm going to deny myself from those selfish things just as Jesus did in the wilderness. Just as he did in the wilderness. Jesus goes into this time of fasting and we are to replicate what he did. Replicate his fasting. Why? Because fasting, um, you know, whatever. You can, you can fast if you want to. That's, that's your choice. That's your spiritual, in your own spiritual walk. You decide if you can do that. But the truth of fasting is this, is it's denying our selfishness. As Christians, we are to deny our selfishness, to not deny our wants, our desires. Why? Well, I want to give you three reasons today on why you and I need to uh, be serious about examining our lives, looking at our areas where we're selfish, and asking God to help us. Number one is this. Selfishness leads us into sin. Selfishness leads us into sin. A couple uh, weeks ago, Bradley and I ventured down to old little King City, Missouri, to a, a men's prayer breakfast. A men's prayer breakfast. Why? Well, because there was a man there by the name of Les Phillips. Les Phillips runs the Narcotics Anonymous group uh, in St. Joe, uh, in, in Atchison, in King City, and all these other places. He's like the head honcho, and he has guys that have come to him and that have been healed of their addictions, and then they now run the groups in those different cities. And this guy was speaking. He was talking about drug addiction. He was talking about, but not just drug addiction, addiction of any kind, alcoholism, sex addiction, pornography addiction, all these kinds of different things that people in our day and age are addicted to, addicted to spending money, all these kinds of things. And he said this. This was, this was super profound. Les is a really profound guy, and, and Bradley and I talked about, we need to have him come speak at our church sometime, but he's got nuggets of wisdom. He's just like spewing tweetable things left and right, right? things you could just like post on Facebook and get 50 likes. Right? He said this. He said, he said, the center of every single addiction is not the substance. The center of every addiction is selfishness. The center of every single addiction is selfishness. The center of every single addiction is not the substance. It is selfishness. And I want to I I take Les's words. I want to adapt them to this message. The center of sin is not your sin. The center of your sin is your selfishness. So if you have a problem with hating your neighbor, the problem of your sin is not your neighbor. The problem is you. The problem is you, my friend. It's time to look in the mirror. You know, you ever met that person that, that talks about all their problems and they got problems on every front of their life and the problem seems to be with everybody else? Well, maybe the problem's with them. <laughs> maybe the problem's with them because they got problems on all sides, right? Let's not be those kinds of people, right? The center of our sin is selfishness. If you think about it, if you look at every single aspect of your life in the areas where we struggle, the areas where we know that we sin, the areas where we fall short, Every single time that you do that, every time that you sin, every time that you fall short of the glory of God, think about it. It's because you thought that your way was better. You thought that the way that you wanted to do things was better. You thought that your desires were better than the way of God. You thought that the way that you wanted to live would bring you more happiness in the ways of God. And so what did you do? You gave into your desires and you did what you wanted, right? This is what the Apostle Paul says that God did in Romans chapter 1. He says that God gave them over to their desires because that's what God's going to do every time. When you want to do things your way, he's going to give you into it. And that's what sin is, is 
us following our own selfishness, my friends. It's us following what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, with whoever we want to do it, and who cares what God thinks about it, right? That's how, I mean, nobody would say that out loud, but that's how we think deep down, right? We've got to deny ourselves of that, my friends. We've got to deny ourselves from that. If we want to be a church that is walking after God, trying to walk out of our sin and walking into His righteousness... I pray that's what we want to do. That's what I want to do. I want to live a life following after Jesus. Then we've got to deny our selfishness because we understand that our selfishness is the base of where our sin comes from, right? If you're, going to, if you're a gardener and you're going to go uproot the weeds, right, you don't just snip them off, right? You've got to uproot them. And if we're going to uproot our sin, we've got to uproot our selfishness. Right. It's not about you. It's not about what you want, but it's about doing things God's way and how he desires them, which leads me into point number two about selfishness. Selfishness leads us out of relationship with God. Selfishness will lead us out of a relationship with God. If any of you in, in your life uh, have, have lived long enough in, in this relationship with God, you know that sometimes you don't want to read the Word. <laughs> sometimes you don't want to go to church, right? Sometimes you don't want to do spiritual practices. But even more than that, sometimes you don't want to do what God has called you to do. There are certain things, certain, certain places, certain practices that God has called you to do, like love your neighbor, right? Like giving, like serving, like doing all the things that he calls us to do in his word. Selfishness will lead us out of that. Because to be honest, there's days where we don't want to pray. There's days where you don't want to pray, right? And that selfishness, that desire to, to, to walk in uh, or to give in to your own desires, that will lead you away from the will of God. That will lead you out of God's will for your life. Because we know that God's will for our life is not for us to walk by ourselves, but it's for us to walk in relationship with Him. That's what God's desire has been from the very beginning, is for us to walk in relationship with Him. But because of our selfishness, a lot of times we want to do things our own way. A lot of times we want to do things solo, right? We want to go lone wolf, right? We want to, we want to go lone ranger, right? We just want to go and do things ourselves because we're, we're really focused on the self. We're really focused on our selfishness. But we got to deny that and walk in the will of God. Walk in what God has for us. Walk in what he has for us. How many of you think you know what's best for you? Let's, let's, let's just ask, how, how, with a show of hands, how many think you think you know what's best for you? Okay, a couple of you. A couple of you, raise your hand. And then a couple of you are lying, right? <laughs> Everyone here is lying, right? Because we think that we know what's best for us. Really, when it comes down to it, we can act churchy, we can act all nice and holy. But when it comes down to it, guys, we think that we know what's best for us. We think that the way that we live our life the way that we run our operation, we think that we know what's best for us. Yeah, yeah, I think I've got it all figured out, God. You can just uh, save me for glory, but, but right now I've got it all figured out, right? That's what we think. We think we've got it all figured out. But that's not true at all. That's not true whatsoever, my friends. God, your Father in heaven, the one who created you, the one that knows you, the one that has a purpose for you, the one that knows the numbers of the hairs on your head, the one who called you by name, who called you from your mother's womb, he's the one who knows what's best for you. He's the one who has called you to a different way of life, a different way of life that does lead to abundance, but only when you're under his hand. He's the one who's called you. He's the one who knows what's best for you. And so we need to stop being a bunch of knucklehead punks. And we need to live. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. But we need to live by what God has called us to, not by our own selfish desires. Not by what we want, but by what he wants. 
Isn't this the climax of the Lord's Prayer, right? We prayed it this morning. We prayed every single Sunday. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. As a Christian, that is our stance forever and ever. Amen. Is that we are praying not our own way, but God, your way. That's what Jesus prayed in the garden. That's what we see Jesus perpetually doing is taking that stance of God, not my way, but your way. If Jesus would have went his way, there would be no Calvary, right? There would be no Calvary if Jesus went his way. In the garden, we see Jesus' humanity. He's praying through. He said, God, if there's any other way, I don't want to do this. I don't want to die. And if Jesus went his own way, there would be no Calvary. There would be no Good Friday. There would be no Easter morning resurrection, right? But Jesus submitted to the will of God. I encourage you, River Church, submit to the will of God for your life. Submit to what he has for you. Deny your selfishness so you can have a relationship, better relationship with God. Third point, selfishness leads us out of relationship with others. You should have seen this coming because Jesus said that the, the way, two ways in which the law are summarized are this, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so if selfishness leads us out of relationship with God, then it's going to lead us out of relationship with others. And I think we can see this one very clearly in our own lives, my friends. We can see this very clearly in our own day-to-day, right? Two people, they're, they're going... Uh, to, or we'll say two kids. We'll, we'll use an example of two kids, right? Two kids, they're playing in the nursery back there. I don't know if they are, but we'll say they are. And there's, there's a really good toy, like a, like a really good toy, like a, maybe, a, like I, when I was a kid, uh, I had like a Woody doll, Woody from Toy Story, and you could pull the string and it said, it said, you're my favorite deputy. Anyways, and that was like my toy. Let's say they're playing with a toy like that, and they are arguing over it. They're arguing over it so much that one kid grabs one leg, the other kid grabs the other leg, and it rips, and nobody gets to play with Woody, right? And that's what selfishness does to us, my friends. Whenever we fight, whenever we quarrel, whenever we care about what we want more than what other people want around us, it leads to brokenness, it leads to uh, tearing, it leads to, to schisms, it leads to all kinds of different fragmentation in our life. And what I want to tell you is that if you want to have good relationship with others, if you want to have good life uh, good standing in life with other people, then you need to deny your selfishness and you need to place importance on others. We need to lift other people up around us. You know, a lot of people think like Jesus just came as some kind of... Like, like they, they, they put Jesus' work as only for glory, you know, only for eternal life. But Jesus cared very much about the way that we operate our life. He cared very much a way that we go on the day-to-day. And let me prove it to you by reading this scripture. Susie, you want to go to, this is our scripture for today. I took a long time to get there, but I'm here. Here it is. Let me open up my Bible because I don't want to read that far. It's this. Then, calling to the crowd to join his disciples, he said... If any of you wants to be my follower, mm, time out. How many of you want to be his follower? I want to be his follower. He said, he said, if any of you want to be his follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Mm, turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. 
But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you lose your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Powerful words by Jesus here. Powerful words. Jesus teaches us here that if we want to follow after him, if we want to be his followers, to truly follow after him, then we have to deny our selfish way of thinking, deny ourselves, deny our wants and our desires, and pick up his cross. Pick up his cross and follow after him. What does it mean to follow after him? What does it mean to do what he did? It means this. Whenever we turn to Matthew uh, 20, 28, sorry, I wasn't really preparing. I actually just thought about this on top of my head, so I wasn't really preparing for this. Matthew twenty twenty eight. Jesus says this. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So what does it mean to deny our selfish ways, to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross and to follow after him? It means to serve others. Jesus said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Do you guys recall the story of when Jesus is at the house with his disciples and, and they're coming in and he gets down to wash their feet? Do you remember that? Do you remember that story when Jesus washes their feet? I don't know about you, but in 2019, I would not wash somebody's feet. And I certainly would not wash them in 31 AD because they walked around with sandals on dirt roads and not healthy bathing systems, okay? So this would have been a nasty job. This was the job of the lowliest servant in the house, but Jesus goes and he washes their free. He takes the position of the servant. This is servant leadership at its finest. Jesus is serving his people. And so what I want to tell you in climax, everything I'm saying today is this, is that the way that we deny ourselves, the way that we take up our cross and the way that we follow him is not by saying, I I am a sinner. It's not by putting ourselves down. It's not by having a false sense of humility, but rather is by elevating the importance of everyone around us, taking the, the light off of ourselves and putting it on other people and saying, how can I serve you? How can I be a service unto you? This is what Jesus did time and time again. He took the limelight off of himself and he served other people. Jesus is in a crowd with 4,000 people he's preaching to, okay? Jesus is the most important person there. Jesus is the man, all right? Everybody's there to listen to him. But what's he do? He says, how can we feed all of these people? He takes the attention and he points it to everyone else and says, how can we take care of them? How can we serve them? How can we feed them, right? River Church, my message this morning is very simple, Stop making it about yourself. I'm talking to myself too. Walker, stop making it about yourself. And make it about everybody else. Make it about everybody else. A life that is fulfilling, a life that when you're at the ed, end of your life and you're on your deathbed, the life that is fulfilling and worthwhile is the one that's spent in service to others. I've never met a selfish person that's on their deathbed and said, I wish I would have made more money. I wish I would have spent more time on myself. I wish I would have, I wish I would have went out and bought more items and more possessions. But a life that's fulfilling is a life where someone says, you know what? I'm glad I helped those people. I'm glad I spent my life in service to others. I'm glad I spent my life 
selfless, not selfish. Selfless. Let us take on selflessness, River Church. Let us take on this message of servanthood, River Church. Jesus has called us to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross daily, and to follow after him, to be a servant like Jesus was. At this time, uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask uh, Isaac and, and Pastor Bradley if they go get communion. We're going to lead this.